Hello and welcome to Music for a While. I'm Jay Nordlinger, music critic of the New Criterion. Hope you're hanging right in there. Shall we get right into it? Not long ago, I reviewed a presentation of the Chamber Music Society of Lincoln Center, an online presentation. The evening began with a violin concerto by Jean-Marie Leclerc. That would be Jean-Marie Leclerc the Elder, specifically. There is also a Jean-Marie Leclerc the Younger. Father and son, right? No. Brothers. The Leclerc parents made things rather difficult. The brothers were Frenchmen who lived in the Baroque period. Jean-Marie the Elder was born in 1697, the younger one in 1703. The Elder is the much bigger name. In addition to being a composer, he was a dancer, a professional dancer. And this relates to what we're about to hear. The last movement of the violin concerto in question is a jig, which is to say a jig. So let's get jiggy. The violinist is Monica Huggett, an Englishwoman, playing with the Arion Baroque Orchestra from Montreal. Thank you. 
You can almost see Leclerc dancing, can't you? That was the gig or jig, from the Violin Concerto in B-flat Major, Opus 10, Number 1, by Jean-Marie Leclerc the Elder. Our performers were Monica Huggett and the ABO, the Arion Baroque Orchestra. By the way, pieces in B-flat Major sound like they're in A major with Baroque tuning. Thanks for joining me today. Again, I'm Jay Nordlinger of The New Criterion, bringing you music for a while. If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, you may do so via iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to write to me, the address is nordlinger at newcriterion.com. Also in that Chamber Music Society program was a Haydn piano sonata. But wait a minute. A piano sonata isn't chamber music, is it? You need at least two. Well, never mind the technicalities. The Haydn sonata we heard was the one in G major, Hoboken 1640. Hoboken is not merely a city in New Jersey. Anthony van Hoboken was the cataloger of Haydn's works. Forgive my Dutch mispronunciation. This sonata is in two movements full of humor. Haydn is one of our funniest composers ever. We'll hear the second of the movements, presto. Our pianist is Sviatoslav Richter, the great Russian, who lived almost the duration of the 20th century. Not a great century to be in Russia. Richter is not known for Haydn and not known for humor. Nevertheless, he made this recording in Mantua, northern Italy, in 1987. The playing is not especially humorous, and not especially Haydn-esque, in my view, not especially warm. But it is interesting, and it is Richter. Sort of a fascinating little document. Here it is.
That was the concluding movement of Haydn's Piano Sonata in G Major, Hoboken 1640, played by the great Sviatoslav Richter. Recently, I wrote a piece about Krzysztof Penderecki, the Polish composer who died earlier this year. Pardon my pronunciation, especially that first name, that Christopher. And by the way, in my previous music for a while, I apologize for my mispronunciation of Hungarian names. There were quite a few in there. I said I was butchering one of them after the other. A listener wrote me to say, Jay, you're the butcher of Budapest. Anyway, I was writing about Penderecki, and I said, whatever you or I may think, Penderecki had his own vision all life through, and he was faithful to it, whatever it was at any given time. A bright editorial colleague of mine queried the phrase all life through. What I meant was all life long, or at every stage. My colleague said she'd never heard the phrase. I said I had always heard it and used it, and I thought it was part of a song. After googling around, she said, yep, and she presented me with the song Where Are You, which comes from 1937, the movie Top of the Town. The music is by Jimmy McHugh, and the lyrics are by Harold Adamson. All life through, must I go on pretending? Where is my happy ending? Where are you? All right, let's hear it. From Jack Teagarden, who was mainly known as a trombonist, I think, but who sang too, as we will hear. Oh 
you from 1937 by McHugh and Adamson, brought to us by Jack Teagarden. As I mentioned Penderecki, I think I'd better play some. In 2005, he wrote a chacon, or a chacona in Italian, that's the word Penderecki used, in memory of Pope John Paul II. This chacon, or chacona, is part of Penderecki's Polish Requiem. His chacon is for string orchestra. Let me give a definition of chacon. Two, actually, and they're related. An old Spanish dance tune of Latin American origin. A musical composition in moderate triple time, typically consisting of variations on a repeated succession of chords. Here is Penderecki's chacon for string orchestra, in memory of Pope John Paul II. The performers are the Warsaw Philharmonic Orchestra under Anthony W.I.T. I'm going to say Viet. Penderecki for John Paul II.
from Penderecki's Polish Requiem, The Chacon, written to honor the memory of Pope John Paul II. We heard the Warsaw Philharmonic Orchestra under Anthony Veet. What music? What a tribute. Leon Fleischer, the great American pianist, has died at the age of 92. He recorded many concertos with the great George Zell and the great Cleveland Orchestra. I ought to stipulate right now that that name, Zell, S-Z-E-L-L, is pronounced Sell in Hungary, but here in America, we've always said Zell. Anyway, I interviewed Fleischer in 2003, and it was one of the most interesting and moving interviews I ever did. Let me do some quoting from the resulting piece, please. The Fleischer story is famous, at least in music circles, but I will run through it. The pianist was born in San Francisco to a father from Odessa and a mother from Kelm. As a boy, he came under the guidance of Pierre Monteux, the great French conductor who was resident in San Francisco. At nine, he began to study with Arthur Schnabel, a historic pianist. In the summer of 1938, young Fleischer traveled to Tremezzo, Italy, on Lake Como, to take lessons from the master. Not long after, the master, of course, had to leave Europe in a hurry, and he went to New York. The Fleischer family moved from California so that Leon could study full-time with him. Was he a good teacher, I ask? Could he communicate what he knew? He was an unbelievably good teacher, answers Fleischer. Not only was he able to communicate what he knew, he did so at a level of inspiration that was just staggering. And by the way, how was his English? Oh, his English was extraordinary for someone whose mother tongue it wasn't. He sounded like Richard Burton with a German accent. He relished each syllable. Fleischer went on to a blazing career, making soon canonical recordings of Beethoven and Brahms with the conductor George Zell in Cleveland. How did Zell, who could be severe, treat Fleischer? Very well, believe it or not. He adored my teacher, and it was through him that I met Zell when I was twelve or thirteen. I think it was clear that he had some crypto-paternal feelings toward me. All right, that's the end of my excerpt. I propose that we hear the last movement, the rondo, of the Brahms D minor piano concerto. Fleischer, Zell, and the Cleveland made this recording in 1958, when the pianist was 30. You will hear some LP crackles as we go along, which I rather like. Brahms, Fleischer, Cleveland, Zell.
ladies and gentlemen, we've heard the final movement, the rondo, from the Piano Concerto No. 1 in D minor by Brahms, played by the late, great Leon Fleischer and the Cleveland Orchestra under maestro George Zell. Last week, I wrote a piece in which I said this. Schlesinger opens by observing that the Cold War is over and new wars have begun, not over ideology, but over those old standbys, race, ethnicity, and tribe. I had the feeling that those old standbys, that phrase, came from a song. It does, though the song says, that old standby. Like Where Are You? This is a song from 1937 and from a movie. The song is Too Marvelous for Words, which featured in the movie Ready, Willing, and Able. The music is by Richard Whiting, father of Margaret, by the way, and the lyrics are by Johnny Mercer. You're just too marvelous, too marvelous for words, like glorious, glamorous, and that old standby, amorous. Here's Frank Sinatra. You're just too marvelous, too marvelous for words like glorious, glamorous, and that old standby amorous. It's all too wonderful. I'll never find the words that say enough. Tell enough, I mean they just aren't swell enough. You're much too much And just too very, very To ever be In Webster's Dictionary And so I'm borrowing A love song from the birds To tell you that you're marvelous Too marvelous for words Dictionary, and so I'm borrowing a love song from the birds to tell you that you're marvelous. Tell you that you're marvelous. Tell you that you're marvelous. Marvelous for Words by Whiting and Mercer, sung by Sinatra. One of my favorite singers is Latanya Moore, a soprano from Houston, Texas. 
I first reviewed her in 2007, when she sang in Weill Recital Hall in New York. My review on that occasion was headed, Direct, Sincere, and Lovable. True. The other week, LaTanya Moore gave a recital online, under the auspices of the Los Angeles Opera. I would like to read from my review, which is in the present tense, because the recital is viewable on YouTube. Toward the end of her recital, she makes a strongly personal statement. She pays tribute to teachers who helped her along the way, starting in middle school. She then says, I've shied away from singing spirituals for years in my recitals because I didn't want to be stereotyped. Ms. Moore is black, I ought to mention. But she sings a spiritual. Soon I will be done with the trouble of the world. She sings it with considerable power, by which I don't mean vocal power, although there's that, but emotional power. And she exhibits not just a soprano voice, or even a mezzo-soprano voice, but a contralto-ish one. I could go on with this review, but thank you for joining me today. Nice to see you. Let's hear LaTanya Moore. troubles of the world, the troubles of the world, the troubles of the world, soon I will be done with the troubles of the world. Troubles of the 